Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show to everybody on the network all throughout the great state of Wisconsin, listening all over the rest of the world, watching on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, in uh, Twitch TV, Kick TV, and all the different platforms we are on. Welcome in to everybody. Also, for those of you on the Zone app, uh, the Zone, W-O-Z-N, the Zone Madison, and paying attention to us on all the links over on Twitter and such as well, and Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Good to have you on board. Uh, let's bring him in. He uh, is with the Big Ten Network and uh, goes by Booty 88 over on uh, over on Twitter, X as they call it. Jake Butt now joining us for the Big Ten Network. Jake, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, crazy that the college football season, you know, we're we're already in the postseason, right? I I think I just blinked twice and we're here. So um, I'm excited, man, excited to see who plays in these bowl games and who doesn't and just to finish strong in general. Okay, let's let's start with the the championships, obviously. And you've got uh, Michigan, who is there, and Michigan deservedly so. And the dominance over Ohio State continues uh, since Ryan Day really kind of took over that program there uh, for the Buckeyes. But talk to me about how Michigan, down the stretch, without Harbaugh, what they did and how strong this team is going into the Final Four. Yeah, so, I mean, really, this team, this this should not surprise anyone that's followed this team because, you know, last year I think everybody thought they were going to beat TCU and play for a national title, right? And that was last year. Well, they returned, going back to the offseason, the fifth most production in all of college football. So they're, they're, they're effectively sporting the same team as what they did last year. And some of their younger guys, like a Colston Loveland, a Mason Graham, a, a Will Johnson, three young dudes that were freshman contributors last year are now sophomores. So the timings worked out well. They went to the transfer portal and got some great pieces, a cornerback, an edge rusher, a center, a couple offensive linemen. So they, there's like no holes in this roster. And why, why I say that is, you know, in order to win without your head coach, that really what that is, is, is your team mature enough to handle that? Are they experienced enough to do what they know to do what they need to do even without a coach? That's what you get with a veteran player, right? So uh, th- that this team has kind of been set up for this. You know, they had Coach Harbaugh was suspended the first three games of the season, so they got that experience, and then he was suspended the last three games, so they kind of were able to draw on that. The team's just in this position to you know take this all the way to the top. Of course, it's going to be a really tough matchup with Alabama there out at the Rose Bowl. So, obviously, you've got the Final Four, all the controversy, and you've got an ACC team that goes undefeated even though they lost their quarterback not getting in. Now, as a guy who's been there, done that in the collegiate ranks, you battle all season long, you do what they ask you to do, you're in a Power Five, and you didn't lose a game. How robbed should they feel down there in Florida State right now? Oh, they should absolutely feel robbed, you know, and you know, frankly, that's that's not a uh, every fan base. You know, Bama would have felt robbed. I'm sure Georgia feels robbed right now because if the committee says it's the best four, Georgia's probably thinking, well, guys, we're still one of the best four, right? Uh, Florida State should absolutely absolutely feel robbed um, because uh, part of part of what makes me sick and upset about this is what all of a sudden we're we're just turning over the power to this committee to say you guys get to subjectively pick who you think the best four teams are that's not the way football works right we think a lot of things about football that's why it's the greatest sport what we think to be true doesn't always come true it keeps you on the edge of your seat right so they think that these are the best four 
that doesn't necessarily mean anything. You know, some people might say Florida State, well, they would have got blown out. They would have got ran off the field. They earned the right to let that be the case. You know, they earned the right to at least try. And maybe they win, maybe they didn't. But they checked every single box this year, went completely, you know, undefeated. They won that ACC or ACC championship with a third-string quarterback. Like, that is a team effort. Louisville's a pretty damn good football team, so they got it done. Uh, you know, it's just disappointing to me. I, I never like to, to just rely on a committee's judgment. Maybe experts, maybe not, but they're just subjectively guessing who they think the best four teams is. Yeah, I, I, I still I can't get past Florida State being undefeated. Now, I agree with you. If you're going to pick the best four teams, Georgia certainly has. I didn't think Georgia, even if they got beat in a close game, that they would fall out of the top four. That was surprising to me. But to me, it goes back weeks ago. They had Alabama at eight to begin with. If they felt that strongly about Alabama, even though they had a loss, why? if they were on the outside like fifth or sixth, you can understand it. But to come from eight to four and leapfrog teams like uh, like Ohio State, who didn't even play, like Florida State, who ended up winning their conference, I, I, that I don't understand, how they can just say, well, this team went from being behind these teams to better than these teams, even yeah. though these teams didn't play or won. Yeah, so here's here's another thing. Everyone, you know, the people that are for this decision, they're like, well, yeah, the committee had to pick the best four. When did that start? You know, when, when did that, that has not been the, I've never heard the committee say that once, you know, committee had, the committee had Ohio state ranked number one, the majority of this season. And we all said, that doesn't make sense. Ohio state's not the best team. And they said, right. well, they have the best resume and they're the best deserving. So they've contradicted themselves year over year, week over week, season over season. They've even contradicted themselves in these rankings. So that's my issue. I'm okay if you make a decision as long as the principles you make that decision by apply to everyone, but they're just kind of picking and choosing. I don't think that that's a good structure going forward. Completely agree with you. Now, let's talk about the Big Ten specifically. I want to get into our own backyard, and that is Luke Fickle. And we're talking with Jake Butt for the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten analyst. So tell me about Wisconsin's first season. I know the expectation. I'll say this, and I don't know if you felt it outside looking in, Jake, but this was one of the most anticipated seasons uh, by Badger fans in a long time because of the resume and the energy Luke Fickle brought. Now, is this considered a disappointing season? Is this considered a good start to a kind of a, a remake of what he wants? Tell me about the Badger season and your take on it. Oh, man, well, I, I, it, it's definitely disappointing. I mean, they were preseason favorites to uh, win the West right next to Iowa, right? We all voted at Big Ten Media Days. Um, and it's just to be where they're at, finishing 7-5, and five, that, that part is disappointing. And you look at it, the West, man, there's some bad football being played out there. There were some games that, you know, Wisconsin certainly could have won this year that they didn't. And I think you look at a team like Iowa and you say, how, how can they continue to win? And us as the Badgers are sitting here at seven and five. But as soon as I say that, I say this, you know, Luke Fickle, the reason you go out and get a guy like Luke Fickle is because you're trying to chase higher heights. And Paul Chris did a phenomenal job, man. I, that dude was as steady as they come. He'd win seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games a year. But the way he structured that team, they were never going to make, make it to the playoff. They were never going to reach that next level. It felt to me like under Chris, they were just banging their head against the ceiling with no opportunity to break through. So you go get Fickle to, to go chase that and to go try to break through. The issue is, is like this is a zero-sum game. You, you risk some things 
to get some things. Well, this is a brand new system. They got rid of all their fullbacks. It's an air raid offense. Those two words, air raid and Wisconsin, don't exactly go together, right? So it's going to take some time to implement that scheme. We're used to the Jim Leonard 3-4 base structure, right? Really fundamentally sound, gap sound. That's not even the way uh, uh, um, Luke Fickle and, and Trestle like to play their defense, right? So they're, they're changing, revamping the entire structure, scheme, system. So in that sense, you, you got to say, hey, this is going to take some time, man. They need to get their players in. They need to continue to teach this system. Um, and, 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 you know, you, what you would really hope to see is a stride this year. The challenge is, man, is who knows even what team you're going to sport with the transfer portal? Who's going to be there and who isn't? It, it's a complete guessing game at this point, and that's obviously a big factor into your success. How quickly can you turn a team and or program around via the transfer portal? I guess it depends on who you ask, right? You could <laughs> – you could uh, you could look at uh, 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 out at USC. Uh, <laughs> they turned it around right away, right? That you go and you go and get a Heisman level quarterback. You get uh, you know Addison who plays for the Vikings, right? You're able to turn a program around quickly. But then there's a lot of teams who you you lose some guys and you gain some guys. And I, I think a lot of the guys that you lose and gain, they aren't exactly needle movers. It ends up keeping you ends up staying exactly where you are for the most part from a talent standpoint. But now you're you're playing a game of can guys learn, uh, you know, learn the system quick enough to go out there and execute it. So, you know, every coach I've talked to says they have to build the team from the ground up through recruiting. They have to recruit, and then you'd like to go to the transfer portal to fill holes. So that that's the goal. Obviously, it's not always the case. I think that's the goal for Coach Fickle going forward is to, to have a solid structure with the type of guy he needs to win and then go implement pieces in the transfer portal. I like the matchup that they have in the Relia Quest Bowl, albeit uh, DK and company. There's a few guys that are going to enter the transfer portal and not going to be available for the Badgers in this contest against a high-powered LSU offense. LSU 9-3 and three out of the SEC coming into this game, ranked 13th in the country. Give me a quick breakdown, is because these two coaches obviously made their chops uh, at the University of Cincinnati, so it's kind of an interesting matchup in that fact as well. Well, you know, I guess the piece of this that I'm interested more than anything is, is I think Jaden Daniels, the LSU quarterback, I, he's the guy I'd vote for Heisman. So if he plays, it's going to be really, really tough, right? But he may not play because that's the world we live in. You know, he he may just skip the bowl game and decide to go and pursue the NFL, but he hasn't made that decision yet. That's obviously the biggest thing. And then, you know, for Wisconsin, part of the reason they, they are where they are right now, they were just destroyed with injuries, losing your top two running backs. You know, you lose your quarterback. You lose a couple pieces across the roster. Uh, I, the question for them is how healthy are they? And then if they are healthy, who decides to play and who not? You know, that's, that's the other piece in these bowl games. It's, it's nearly impossible to predict or figure out these days. Uh, real quick before I let you go, now let's talk about the rest of the Big Ten, the represent representation in bowl games and how strong the conference is. And then obviously coming up next year because you're going to get the addition of two new teams coming in from the West Coast and USC and UCLA. Oh, yeah, man. It's going to be – I cannot wait. I mean, we, we did the schedule release on the Big Ten Network. I mean, these are – you know, in college football, you might have to – you might get one or two premier matchups on a, on a given weekend if you're lucky. Next year, you look at that schedule. It is big brand on big brand, good coach, good quarterback, good team on good team. It's going to be really exciting. So, for a lot of these teams, as it comes to the bowl games, you, you really got to build momentum. A team like Penn State, 
who a successful year, but a disappointing year, you know, the way they've competed against Ohio state and Michigan, they got to get the offense going Um, a team like Iowa. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's been interesting to watch Kirk Ferentz, how emotional he's been in some of his post-game pressers. I wonder if he's even there next year. If that's the case, you know, how does the offense look in the bowl game? I completely trust them. So you could kind of go down the list and, and try to figure this thing out. But the, the, going forward in the Big Ten, man, that is the best conference far and away in college football. And I can't wait to watch. Yeah, I'm looking at the Badger schedule. And, uh, you know, we forget they also have the matchup with Alabama. So you've got Alabama coming in. You've got uh, USC then right after that. But coming on to Camp Randall, you also have Penn State coming into Camp Randall, Oregon coming into Camp Randall, and the Minnesota Golden Gophers for the Paul Bunyan's Axe coming back into Camp Randall. What a what a schedule they have. Jake, it's awesome to talk to you, man. I appreciate it. So, uh, real quick, give me your picks uh, coming up for the Final Four, and who's the national champion? Is it Michigan? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Michigan. I, you know, Coach Harbaugh has kind of called this season a spiritual journey. I feel like this game is a spiritual game. You know, the next hurdle for Michigan is beating, winning a playoff game and beating the best the SEC has to offer. I think they're built to do it. So I'll take Michigan, and I think Texas has been one of the more complete teams all year. They're healthy and flying. I think they finally get over the hump and and, and beat Washington. So I got a Michigan-Texas national championship game, and I'm taking Michigan. Do you think Harbaugh stays, or does he leave and go to the NFL after this season, especially if he wins a title? I do think he stays, and it seems like some of the reports coming out of Ann Arbor are they're, they're pushing. Remember when this initially dropped, there was reports that they were going to try to sign him to a contract then while everything was going on. So um, it, it seems like I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a, an announcement from a contract extension for Coach Harbaugh here before the end of the season. Awesome stuff as always. We certainly appreciate it. We'll get you back real soon, okay? Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. There you go, Jake. But uh, at jbooty88 over on X, part of the Big Ten Network, and a Michigan guy himself, you kind of figured he'd go in that direction, but he's also talking about, you know, uh, the program. I mean, they're they're a good football program. They're a good football program. So we'll see. We'll see what they're able to do, whether it's against Texas or Alabama or whomever happens to be. But uh, nevertheless, you got uh, you got Michigan uh, – know is the top dog going into the postseason let's do this take a quick break we'll come back we got a lot more to get to this portion of the program brought to you by boondocks barbecue burgers and brews we are going to be there on new year's eve new year's eve that game doesn't look to be you know one of those flexed games now because we thought before maybe it would be not now probably not packers are going to be uh, still vying for a top spot in the postseason or a wild card in the postseason. And uh, you would assume that they are not going to get flexed. That game is going to remain. So we are going to be there front and center. Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews with the Green and Gold Postgame Show, a live watch party. They're going to have music. They're going to have fun. Champagne toast at midnight. And hopefully we're talking about a Packers victory. County Road K in Oconomowoc. That's Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. BoondocksBBQS.com. BoondocksBBQS.com. And they can cater as well or get your Christmas dinner ready. So a lot of good stuff going over on going on over at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 
need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Oh, oh. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. <laughs> Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231-2023. This time of year, it's, uh, it's deer hits. It's sliding on the ice. It's a car sliding in you, a fender bender, a scratch, whatever it happens to be, or, God forbid, any kind of a major collision. But I got to tell you, when uh, somebody hit, uh, hit the rear end of my car, I was recommended by a couple of friends. They said, go to One Collision. They're, they're really, really good people. And Jim and his staff are amazing. And if you watch on the live stream and you see the pictures of the vehicle there, that's the rear end of my car on the uh, passenger side that just was crushed in all the way down between uh, the all the way the rear bumper area all the way through the rear door. And it's perfect. I mean, perfect. The gaps in the door, the gaps in the trunk, everything, the, including the wheel. They didn't have to replace the wheel, but they cleaned it up. It looked like brand new. I mean, everything. And even uh, gray cars with any kind of a fleck in it, very hard to match up. And you would never know that there was any body work done on that vehicle at all. It's perfect. And I can't say thanks enough, but I can't recommend them enough. That's uh, One Collision County Line. One Collision County Line. In Menominee Falls, call them, 262-251-1700, 262-251-1700. Again, 262-251-1700. They're really, really, really good. Uh, 877-867-1670, you want to hit us up, you can. Uh, interesting, we were talking about the Packers, and before we went to the top of the hour break, we had uh, Gerard on, and we also had Thomas on, and we were talking about uh, the Packers and the defense. And, and Gerard was saying, hey, look, if nobody sees it, philosophically speaking, that you're crazy, why did it take Joe Barry so long to make the adjustment with Lucas Van Ness and such? However, however, it's uh, Rob Demosky, uh put a piece on ESPN, and I was reading it. And first of all, it sounds exactly like we were talking about, where you look, how many times this year has been stated that the defense didn't lose this game? The defense did enough to win. They held teams below. 20 to 19 points and on down, okay? The defensive coordinator, everybody has a, a lightning rod on him for whatever reason, and, and rightfully so to a certain extent for some of the past dealings. But uh, the doubters, as he say, will point to a run defense that remains near the bottom of the league. They're 30th. They're not going to be able to erase the memory of the three 200-yard rushing performances against them this season. Okay? Um... But to remind everybody overall, their ranking in terms of yards allowed is still in the bottom half, which is in the NFL at number 18. But still there were signs from the beginning that the Packers defense could keep them in games. Don't forget, they're also top 10 when it comes to defensive scoring. A month ago, 
uh, when it came to uh, Matt, L- Matt LaFleur and talking about uh, losing track of how often the first half of the season he said the defense did enough to win and, and did enough to, to change the, the, you know, the epitome of the game, the momentum of the game. A month ago, all that meant nothing because the Packers could marry it with an effective offense. But now LaFleur and the quarterback Jordan Love, they found a rhythm. They're starting to look like uh, some of the good defenses that they've had in the past, a scout for the uh, team or for a team on the Packers schedule said, if they can get ahead and play with the lead, they get after the quarterback. But they've got to be playing from ahead. Now, Sunday's win over the Chiefs fit that formula. For the second straight week, the Packers took the opening kickoff, scored in their opening drive. They never trailed against the Lions or the Chiefs. They're now back in a playoff picture. And when you get an opportunity, and by the way, they have a 67% chance now of making the postseason. 67. And what's more is Joe Barry has managed to hold up despite a ravaged secondary. Jair has missed seven games. Seven because of the back and shoulder issues. Pro Bowl cornerback Rasul Douglas traded the Bills. Both opening day starting safeties, Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford, have been missing games. And when the corner, Keyshawn Nixon, came up with the fourth quarter interception to help seal the game for the Chiefs, it served as a reminder of exactly what the position group has looked like. Instead of playing uh, next to Alexander and Douglas, Nixon was paired with rookie Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine, who originally came to Green Bay last season via the practice squad. And while the Packers' defense still showed that it, you know, it has some warts, they allowed the Chiefs' running back and Pacheco to run for 110 yards and 18 carries. It succeeded at eliminating the big plays. And remember, that's one thing they care about. They death by a thousand cuts, but don't get the big play. I don't agree with it, but you get what I'm saying. He said if Barry's unit hadn't proved it could beat an elite quarterback before Sunday, then what it did to Mahomes, especially in the red zone, should help the case there as well. And all three Packer sacks came with the Chiefs on the precipice of an of the end zone. Uh, Lucas Van Ness dropped Mahomes for an eight-yard loss and a first and goal. Two plays later, Rashawn Gary got after him. Kenny Clark, they combined to get Mahomes on a third and goal. And the same thing on the next drive when Preston Smith sacked him on third and nine from the 11. And uh, they say perhaps the Packers got lucky that Valentine seemingly got away with the pass interference on the deep ball, yada, yada, yada. Perhaps Goff gifted them three fumbles on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but they forced him. But it's clear the Packers are making things happen, too. Uh, on Nixon's interception, he said he knew what was coming because of some of the film that the coaching staff had put together. None of this means that the Packers' defense has arrived. But when asked about the job Joe Barry has done with the defense, Matt LaFleur says, I think it seems to be getting better and better each and every week, which is right out of yesterday's presser. We talked about that too. Are you becoming a believer in the Joe Barry defense? Are you becoming a believer in the Joe Barry defense? Think about that. Let's do this. I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll take your calls when we come back because I, I, I think it's a legit question. Are you becoming a believer in the Joe Barry defense? And I can take it a step further. Now, we still, just like with Jordan Love, you got to wait for the rest of the season to play out. But if the season ended today, are you keeping Joe Barry or are you getting rid of Joe Barry? I think it's a fair question. Think about that. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show.
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. with us good to be here glad you're here we're all hanging out together on this wednesday we made it don't forget coming up tonight got the bill michaels huddle six to eight all football all the time and a week from tonight a week from today as a matter of fact we're going to be in viroqua so if you're in the viroqua area look forward to uh, seeing you we're coming out on uh, tuesday night going to be out there uh, doing a little shopping and then after that we're going to be doing the show from the Norwegian Hollow uh, on Wednesday night. So come on by and say hi. They've got uh, Dan and Jay. They've got some music from 5 to 6 out there next Wednesday night. And then we go in there at 6, from 6 to 8. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a lot of fun. Good, good stuff. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up. So if you were going to make a decision right now, and it's really weird because nobody's answering this question, would you... Give Joe Barry a contract extension. He's coming up at the end of his deal. He's playing out this contract, so to speak. Would you give Joe Barry a contract extension? The defense has played well. They're top 10 in scoring. I think they're 7 or 8 to be exact. They're 30th against the run. I think they're 7th or 8th, maybe ninth against the pass. Tackling has gotten better. Young guys are getting it done with the young guys because – the starters have been out for a majority of this season in many different facets. Traded away Rasul Douglas. Would you give Joe Barry a contract extension? Because you got to make a decision. You're either going to extend him or you're going to let him go at the end of the season. There is no, well, he can play it out for another year because he's got another contract or he's got another year or two on his contract. That's not it. you got to make a decision. So what would you do? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Would you extend them or not? Dean says negative on the extension as his history has not proven to be that good. Mark says, nope, I wouldn't extend them. Uh, Todd says, end of the season, I'll let you know. Darren says, it's a tough question because now it's complicated. Um. To go along that side question, he said, if you get rid of Barry, who do you then bring in? Brett says, I don't bring him back. Likely going to be better guys out there. Uh, Henry says, if Barry doesn't make a change at our defensive quarter, if Barry doesn't make a change at our defensive quarterback position, then he should be dumped. Your defensive quarterback being Quay Walker? He's the guy that wears the helmet. Communicator? Uh, Shannon says, I would move him to a senior-level role and have him oversee whomever they bring in. Uh, Rob Dog says, I'd give him a contract extension because who else is sitting out there that could do more with what Green Bay has had with all the injuries, but I'm a Bears fan, so I have a dog in this fight. <laughs> K-Dog says, Jim Leonard, bring him in. It's, it's, it's a conundrum. It really is. Because of the way the defense has performed. I, I'll i say this. And 
this comes with a caveat, okay? So so help me out here. But we talked about the level of talent on this team, right? And we started, you know, it was four or five weeks ago, we started talking about how good this team was or wasn't, right? Where's the talent? Who's the playmakers? Where's the difference makers? So this is what you have to ask yourself. Is Joe Barry getting more out of a team that doesn't have big-time playmakers? Rashawn Gary's about that level. But is he getting more out of less talent? Or is this talent not overachieving or hitting the heights because of Joe Barry? Grant, how would you answer that question? I think that Joe Barry has done an excellent job with what he's had, especially in the secondary. Like, he's really got Rudy Ford, Nixon, Ballantyne, Valentine. He's got those guys playing, and the pass rushers are getting home. I think there's a little bit of luck, and Pete Bukowski told us about this yesterday. Like, the Chargers dropped some passes, right? A little bit of pass interference luck against right. the Chiefs, but that'll happen. You don't apologize for that. I think right. it's still reasonable to ask whether or not Joe Barry's style and his scheme is is the best moving forward. And I think Gerard earlier made some good points. It's like, why does it take seven or eight weeks every year? You know what I mean? It's this cycle that we're in with Joe Barry right. where he'll finish the season well, strong, and then week one, it looks terrible the next season. We're back to square one. Here's the, here's the issue that I have with that, though. In week three against the Saints, they held the Saints to 17 points. Now, granted, they got blown out by the Lions, but after that, they held the Raiders to 17 in a loss. They held the Broncos to 19 in a loss. Minnesota dropped 24 on them in a loss, but the, the offense was terrible and only picked up 10. The following week, they held the Rams to three. You know, it's not like the defense is just giving up points. Their, their two worst games were, um, I guess when you look at it, you can say they, they kind of got beat up 23-19. They got beat up by a, a really bad Steelers offensive team. And the Lions beat them 34-20. Other than that, nobody's really pounded on them. You know? The Falcons, they gave up 25 to the Falcon. B. John, Rob B. John Robinson looked like, you know, Barry Sanders. Okay. But they haven't been just brutalized like we've seen in the past at times where it's become shootouts because the defense is so inept. I it hasn't taken seven games. They actually started playing pretty well early on. The problem was they do give up rushing yards. So they, what do you do? They still get beat up by the rush, um, which, you know, you could argue it's a personnel thing or a scheme thing. I, they play light on the defensive front quite a bit. I also think we got to remember, you know, Joe Barry deserves credit for lots of reasons. They're playing a third-place schedule this year. So yeah. I, I think we've been used to Packer seasons where the Cowboys would be mixed in or the Niners would be mixed in, the Eagles would be mixed in. And instead, this year, it's Desmond Ritter and Derek Carr. And then they're going to get the Giants this week. So the competition this season is not what we've been used to. And I think you have to factor that in with how we judge the Packers defense as well. But And I'll give you that. But, uh, we, you know, look at last year where the Giants were. The Giants were a team that was the people had to deal with. Dables winning the coach of the year. They go into Minnesota. They get a win. In the postseason, they knocked Minnesota out. I mean, every, you know, you, you thought when that schedule came out, you looked at the Giants game and went, oh, my goodness, that's that's a primetime game. And with a new quarterback and the way they were playing at the beginning of the season, you're like, holy crap, the Packers are going to get killed. And now it's completely flipped because of how bad the Giants are. But I I don't know. I My, my feeling is when people say, well, who's out there? there there's always – 
an assistant. There's always some other veteran. There's always somebody out there that you can talk to. You know, we, we all know that there's going to be defensive coordinators that are available or up and comers that can take over a defense. I, I think I've seen enough of the Joe Barry defense to say, I want to see more, not, I want to see more out of Joe Barry. I want to see, I want to see somebody else. I want to see how good the talent on this team is. And if somebody can take them to a different level, Joe's been good this season. There's no greatness here. And if you're Brian Gutekunst and you believe that you've got talented players that are on the verge or can reach greatness and they're not, then you got to say it's coaching that's holding them back. But if you believe that this team doesn't have talent and they're not as talented as we made them out to be, well, then now you got to say that Joe Barry's overachieved on a less than talented defense. And that's the question you're facing. But I, I, I me personally, I've seen enough. I, I've watched too many times death by a thousand cuts, too many times big third downs getting converted, and the defense then has to stay on the field. Uh, I, I'm, I'm of the ilk of make a change, and I, you know, if it's Jim Leonard or somebody else, I don't care, but make a change and uh, and see if you can't, you know, light a fire to get this team even better than what they are. I'm not saying that guys aren't trying, but let's just say schematically or philosophically speaking, I'd like to see them get guys better. And I, that's kind of where I'm at. Unless, of course, things become all of a sudden crazy and lights out. And, you know, you've got guys standing up for their coordinator saying, hey, we don't want to see Joe go. We're in the system now. We get it. Don't change it. We're doing great. You know, if guys say that, well, okay, then I might change my mind. But I think I've seen enough. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Tyler listening to us in Brookfield. Tyler, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Doing good, Bill. How's it going? Doing great today. What are you thinking? I, I think I I agree with you. He's got to go because not just because the the luck aspect because that would make the Chargers game look a lot worse, but the fact that the Steelers game is really what sticks out to me. And then the first Lions game is Jalen Warren and Najee Harris just ran it down their throat, and when the Lions or the Steelers were in heavy personnel and Joe Barry had a chance to match that, he sticks in dime. Like, they're on the eight-yard line, and I could walk through that hole. Like, it's it's not even the fact that you're sitting and you have seven defensive backs on the field, and they have two tight ends. Like, it's just common sense. I mean, it, it's simple to say that, but it's the fact that you have the fact that you're not even attempting to match personnel, and what, what, and what, in what sense does it make sense to play a dime defense against heavy personnel? Yeah, no, I I understand that, and like I said, I I agree with you. I've kind of seen enough, and I've seen things where I'm thinking to myself, why are you playing this? And then, sure enough, you can watch the offense run in that direction and just gash them where where people ain't. So I've seen enough. I agree with you, but you know there are people, and there is a legitimate case to be made that I appreciate the phone call that Joe Barry's done enough this season specifically to warrant you know uh, another look, another opportunity, and I. I'm not there, but oh well, some are. And I know it's going to be a very difficult decision at the end of the season, <laughs> excuse me, for Matt LaFleur, because then you not only have to make that decision, but you're not extending him for a year. You're probably going to give him a two, three-year deal to stick around, and then it's, it, it's not easy after one season to go talk to you later because you've got not that, you know, assistant coaches are making tens of millions of dollars, but you don't want to just give it away. 
you know? So if you were thinking about if you were thinking about making a move, now's really the time you should make the move. Now's the time you really just should make the move. Eight seven yeah, go ahead, Grant. Well, I was just gonna say, if we take the attitude with our defensive coordinator that well, he's done enough. He's been good enough. If if those are the things that we're saying, then I think we're doomed to have a defense that is always good enough. And and we've always said for years, Bill, it just needs to be top 15. Just get top half of the league. It, it's always we're just trying to do enough. Why don't we try to excel, right? Yeah. Why don't we aim a little higher? And I like Joe Barry. I think he's done a good job this year, but um, I, I'm not going to sit here and treat him like a world beater. That's exactly kind of how I feel is it's not just enough to be enough. You know, we – I, to me, I'm always saying, and specifically this season, coming into the season, I thought top 10, top five. Now, scoring-wise, they're right in that mark. But everything else, would t- the analytics would tell you that, no, it's more of a bend but don't break, and you can only do that so often against teams that are probably a little bit more talented than you or sub-talent. But when you find yourself in the postseason against a team, let's just say, let's just use San Francisco, for example, that team can smoke you. I mean, unless you're creating all kinds of turnovers, that team will smoke you. And I just don't see the Packers keeping up in a situation like that. Um, who knows? But then again, uh, you know, the opinion can be wrong. But, uh, you know, we may find out before the season's done. But I agree with you. I just haven't – I've seen kind of enough. Enough of the let's hope to get near top 10. Uh, enough of this let's get back to the top 15. Now it's kind of like wh- where's this top five defense and why are all these top draft choices? Why is this thing not culminated to be that much better? This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. They have gift boxes available. And if you have a barbecue lover in your life, if you have not ordered one of these, they come in a box. You can wrap it up, put it under the tree. They can even ship it to the person that is the barbecuer in your life. If they don't live with you or if they're not even in the same town, they can ship it directly to them. Go to BurnPitBBQ.com. And you can get sauces, you can get rubs, you can look at everything the gift box has or get numerous for numerous grillers in your life or just get one for yourself because we all love to grill. Just get one for yourself. They're veteran-owned and they're based right here in the state of Wisconsin. That's BurnPitBBQ.com. That's BurnPitBBQ.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 1231-2023. Good to have you back. 
Got the huddle coming up tonight. Looking forward to that. Six to eight this evening. Hey, our friends over there at Veterans America, call our buddy James. I was talking to him, uh, as a matter of fact, this past weekend. And I asked him, I said, you know, hey, uh, a lot of mortgage companies with the interest rates are what they are, uh, kind of struggling. And he said, actually, it's really weird because a lot of them, he said, may fail. Uh, because of the way the uh, the economy's been. But it looks like things are going to start to bounce back in 2024. And he said they're really good. They're they're well off because they do so much stuff with veterans and with the VA loans and such and zero down payments, no PMI, some better credit requirements, governmental guarantee. And they've got a lot of possibilities in many different avenues. He said we're actually doing really well. So if you want to go with a strong company that's getting it done, even in this economy, especially if you're looking for your first time or your refi or just a, a, another mortgage, you're looking for a new home, call my buddy James Mercado, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333, and he is a huge supporter of our motorcycle ride in Fisher House, Wisconsin. So, again, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. Um, the majority, it's interesting. So, Justin says your defense has got to be at the top, seeing that you put in all those first-round draft choices uh, over how many consecutive years. Justin, I agree with you, but you've also had injuries. They played into that. So, you haven't had, since the beginning of the season, you haven't had all eight first-round draft choices on the field at the same time. So, to say that they have invested in that, I would say I agree with you. To say that you should see the proof of that, they've all been banged up. They've all been banged up. Stokes hasn't even been on the field but for maybe a, a couple plays, and then he was done. But they've all been banged up. Rashawn Gary was coming off the knee injury. Lucas Van Ness has been hit or miss at times because he doesn't play every snap. You know what? You know, you've got Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, and company, both of those guys, very solid coming out of that Georgia defense. You've seen them progress, right? You you know, but you haven't, I mean, Jair's missed seven games. You've had those guys that have been banged up. So we haven't seen them all on the field at the same time. I do agree with you, though, for where for all the investment, this should be a defense coming into the season that should be feared. And I don't think anybody really fears them. You know? I don't think anybody really fears them. But I do think it's a legitimate discussion. Um, Darren says, you guys have convinced me we are the Green Bay Packers. Being good enough is not acceptable, so it's time to move on. That's that's my whole take. Like Grant had mentioned earlier, it's like, ah, you know, okay, it's better. You can't blame the defense the way you could before. I agree with that. But it's still not a defense that it, it doesn't – nobody fears that defense. They're not beating up quarterbacks. They're getting pressures. They're one of the best pressure defenses in the National Football League. I think it's like top five. Top five or top seven for quarterback pressures. So they're getting after it. But I don't think anybody fears them. You know? It's not Bosa. It's not Watt. It's not Micah Parsons. It's it's none of that. You know, Rashawn Gary's really good. But I don't know if he's that level. He and Preston Smith together certainly are starting to become a duo, though. Preston Smith with back-to-back weeks with sacks and putting pressure. Who do you hire? I, I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to go back and start to take a look. 
I'd have to go start taking a look because, you know, either you're going to get somebody that's out of a job or you're going to find somebody that is an assistant on a top-notch defense to come in and take that thing over and the way they run it. That is, that you know, there, there, there's a lot to running being a coordinator. And you want to find somebody who has the organizational capability and gets the most out of their assistance to what they want. And that's the other thing. If you hire a new defensive coordinator, do you hire new assistants that he can work with or do you just hire the coordinator and the philosophy? Because then things have to change. There's no, it's not like you don't have room to get better. Don't get me wrong, you do. But what do you do? And I, I don't want to see them not make a change because they don't want to make more changes. I want to see them, if they're going to make a change, make a change because it's not good enough. Being above average is not good enough. You have to be top five in the National Football League or you're going to lose your job in Green Bay. Injuries do play a part in that, but this is where it needs to be. Maybe you go in that direction, but you do have a team that's banged up. That's my point. It's a, it's a, it's a terrific conversation. And for those that want to see Joe Barry gone, it is an aggravating conversation, right? Now, Thomas says, and this is the other question, what if those number one picks are not really studs the way they should be? Then it's not Joe Barry's fault. That would be a Goody issue. And I I understand that. So what do you do? That's the question. What do you do? Because at the end of the season, you got to make a decision. Two hours, Dad's flying by again. Today is just another, whoosh, gone. Today's another day. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. we got a lot more to get to. Also, Mark Schofield coming up after the top of the hour. SB Nation going to be joining us, and we're going to talk a lot of NFL over the next 15, 20 minutes. So stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. 